Star Wars technology in the operating room? Is it possible? Yes. You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, Professor of Surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and with me today is Dr. Phil Faraci, Medical Director and Chief Cardiac Surgeon at Condell Heart Center. Welcome, Dr. Faraci. Well, thank you, Mark. It's great to be with you again here and talking about one of my favorite subjects. What were the first operations that you personally did with the robotic system? Well, the first operation I did was an atrial septal defect repair, and I prepared for that by making a mock setup in one of our small rooms where the robot resides and learned how to cut out a piece of tissue and how to sew with the uh, instruments and the needles and, and suture material that I was going to be using to do this repair. And I did perhaps a dozen of these in a mock situation before I actually performed the operation on a patient. And how was that first operation? Well, it was very exciting, Mark. It, uh, <laughs> it was the same operation that we always do with really no incisions. And that was fascinating to me. I really I was looking forward to doing this because I hadn't had an opportunity to see this particular operation done before, before I did it myself, that is. But I did have help from someone who had done it before. And the way it went was really very simple and smooth. We had planned it out very carefully, had done it in the mock setup several times, and the operation was carried out exactly as we had planned. And, you know, after having completed the operation, I began thinking about how we might be able to facilitate this and do it easier. And uh, that's been pretty much my experience of operative technology over the years. There are several operations that I'm currently working on perfecting by uh, eliminating some of the extraneous uh, equipment and motions to try to scale it down to something that's fairly simple and easy to replicate. Well, in your field, which cardiac operations are being done robotically? Right now, the mitral valve operations, tricuspid valve operations, atrial septal defect and ventricular septal defect repair, atrial ablation procedures for atrial fibrillation, placement of epicardial leads for pacing, pericardiectomies, which we kind of think of as a small little window in the pericardium with all kinds of biopsies included, and coronary artery bypass surgery. Do you really see that as something in the future? I've done it. What about aortic valve surgery? Well, and those of you who understand the anatomy will realize it's really not possible to situate instrumentation through the chest wall to adequately visualize the aortic valve. Explain that a bit. It takes four or at least three, a minimum of three pieces of equipment on the end of robotic arms to get inside a body cavity to be able to perform operations with the robot. And in order to get at the aortic valve, we would have to be able to approach the aorta from a superior angle, which is just not possible through a straight-line rigid instrument. We would have to have some flexible tools. These tools have not yet been developed. But believe me, the engineers are working feverishly, and their concept is 
to make one hole in the body and put a spider arm in there that can be rotated and flexed and maneuvered to do anything we want to do. So eventually we'll be able to, we'll be able to do that. But now my approach to the aortic valve is simply through a very small three-inch anterior thoracotomy incision, eliminating the sternotomy, creating a very small field, but but an open operation. What other procedures can be done with the da Vinci other than cardiac surgery? Well, I think this is an exciting technology for all surgeons, Mark, and in fact, for the urology surgeons who had pretty much been out of the picture with respect to treating prostate disease because of some of the complications of operating down in the pelvis with difficulty visualizing in this small corner of the body. The robotic instrumentation has revolutionized prostatectomy, has made it the standard operation. And many of our local hospitals, there are prostate operations being done with a robot two to three, four, five a week. Is this becoming the gold standard for prostatectomy? Absolutely. It's the way to do prostatectomy. Tell me why it's better. Well, the reason, of course, is that In order to do a prostate operation without this technology, one has to make a large abdominal incision and then look down deep into a very small cavity and try to expose a small organ with lots of other small organs around it with blood supply that's difficult to visualize and control, a very difficult operative field. The robotic technology allows us to put ourselves in that operating field, but not actually have to be there. And it can magnify it up to 15 times with three-dimensional visualization. The instruments are very, very, very thin and fine and can be driven down into this space and yet be visualized from outside in in a large screen. And it has made this a rather delicate, and very fine operation. Are most urologists learning this? I believe so. I know that the urologists in our hospital are very excited about this. They're doing more and more of these operations, whereas they had been pretty much excluded from doing prostatectomy over the past five years by people who are doing it robotically. If you have just joined us, you are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, professor of surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and we are speaking with Dr. Phil Ferracci, medical director and chief cardiac surgeon at Condell Heart Center. And we are speaking about robotic-assisted surgery. And what about other specialties, such as bariatric surgery or colon surgery, esophagus surgery? Sure. As you can imagine, being able to enter the abdominal cavity without making a large abdominal incision is going to be a tremendous advantage to the bariatric business. You know, having to go through six or eight inches of body thickness to get to the abdominal cavity and then into a cavity which is floating with fatty tissue to be able to expose the organs and so forth is a major feat in itself. All that is pretty much eliminated by this robotic approach, and the operator is sitting comfortably at a console. The organs are displaced by retractors, and by the way, CO2 insufflation. One can manipulate organs, uh, in our case in the chest cavity, the lungs, and in the abdomen, the, the other organs, with insufflation of CO2 to retract 
uh, the organs that we're not interested in having in our field and keeping them out of the way. Colon surgery as well is very likely to be revolutionized by this technology, particularly those portions of the colon that are, again, in the deep recesses of the pelvis. Esophageal hiatus surgery, uh, again, an area which traditionally has been difficult mechanically to expose and to visualize, is now rather simple to visualize and allows for hiatal hernia repair, esophageal surgery from both the abdominal and the thoracic approaches. We get up into the chest and we can talk about lung resections and mediastinal tumor removal, lymph node biopsies, sympathectomy, and all the cardiac operations. So really, this type of technology can be used in a number of specialties. Absolutely, Mark. I think any procedure that has been done or contemplated to be done by the endoscopic approach can be done with greater facility with this robotic technology because the optics are superior uh, with their three-dimension and and high-resolution. The instrumentation is superior because of its augmented flexibility makes these endoscopic operations a lot easier to do, I think. Dr. Faraci, take us through a procedure, please. All right, let's do mitral valve repair. To do the mitral valve repair, the patient is placed on the operating table with a little bit of an elevation of the chest with the right side up on about 45-degree angle with a wedge that's placed underneath the chest cavity. The body is prepared, and the robotic cart is wheeled up on the right side of the patient so that the camera arm is approximately over the fifth intercostal space in the midclavicular to anterior axillary line. A small incision is made and a port is placed. Through that port, after collapsing that lung on the right side with CO2, we can visualize the pericardium and the superior vena cava of the mediastinal structures. After we've seen where the best placement of instrumentation will be, we will actually visualize from inside with the camera the placement of two other ports. And each of these ports, one in the third interspace and one in the sixth interspace, will carry the instruments with which we will perform the operation. So placement of these instruments and then zooming in with the camera, we will grasp the pericardium, incise it in a position anterior and parallel to the phrenic nerve so that we now have an open pericardium and we're looking at the right atrium, the aorta, the superior vena cava. At this point, we'll make an incision in the groin and introduce our catheters to institute cardiopulmonary bypass. So both an arterial and a venous cannula are placed in the groin. The venous cannula is passed all the way up into the right atrium from the femoral, femoral vein, and cardiopulmonary bypass is, is instituted. A clamp is then passed through the chest wall, and the aorta is cross-clamped, and the heart is arrested by perfusing the aorta on the cardiac side of that clamp with a solution that stops the heart. Now the heart and lung function has been taken over by the pump. The heart is still, and we're able to directly visualize right in front of us the left atrial wall 
which we incise, and then with the fourth arm of our robotic instrument, we make another port and pass a retractor, which is like a, a forked scissors, and that retractor, when closed, is like a single arm, will be passed underneath the atrial septum and then opened so that it spreads the septum and elevates it. And I now have a perfect visualization of the mitral valve sitting in front of me while I'm sitting at the console. I want to thank Dr. Phil Faraci, who has been our guest. We have been discussing robotic-assisted surgery. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and you have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.